Hello, thank you for joining LTC NAC Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Post-Acute Care Nursing, APACN. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Chief Nursing Officer for APACN. I am here today with Jesse McGill, Curriculum Development Specialist for APACN. Jesse joins us to discuss the common challenges nurse assessment coordinators face with care area assessments and how they can get back on track. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks, Amy. I'm glad to be here with you today. Let's dive right in. What do you think is the biggest challenge NACs face when it comes to completing the care area assessments? Oh, that is a great question, and I'm not sure I can narrow it down to just one. But I would say the top two challenges that I see right now are time and not seeing the full value of the CA. And I'd like to elaborate just a little bit more on both of those challenges. The assessment of the care area, writing the summary, and determining whether or not we will proceed to the care plan is a time-consuming task. And we saw a trend over the last few years, especially during the pandemic when the MDS nurses were needed to help on the floor and did not have the time to dedicate to a well-reigned cough. We also saw that a lot of new nurses that started during the pandemic may have been introduced into the situation where we did not have time to dedicate to the CA or they weren't trained on how to properly complete a care area assessment. So it still seems that there is a challenge with finding the time or allotting the appropriate amount of time to dedicate to the care area assessments. And when it comes to not seeing the full value of the CA, this actually ties directly to my last statement. When you don't see the value of something, you don't allow for the proper amount of time to complete it. And, and this is really directed not only at the MDS nurse, the NAC, but also to the entire nursing home team that's involved in the MDS process and those who are involved in or complete parts of the care area assessments. They all need to see the value of the care area assessment. But until the team is properly trained in using the care area assessments as the evidence-based and problem-solving tools that they are, it will remain a challenge for the team members to see the value and to allot the time needed to complete the care area assessments. I think that flows into our next question very well. Are there consequences to taking shortcuts or having a poorly written care area summary? I'm so glad you brought that up. And yes, there are many. And I actually just saw this on an MDS forum where someone had asked if surveyors ever looked at the notes. And I was really surprised as I read through the conversation that an overwhelming number of respondents said no, they'd never had a surveyor look at their cause. But that might be because they're not reading the full 2567, which is the statement of deficiencies. They may not just be asked about their care area notes during that survey process, or they're not aware that the surveyors are looking at their notes. When you actually get into the 2567 statement of deficiencies, you'll notice that the care area assessments come up quite frequently, especially when a facility receives certain F tags. So one example is F tag 641, which is the accuracy of assessments. 
Now, oftentimes when you see this tag come up, you'll also see the facility receive F tag 656, which is for comprehensive care plans. So one example that I read recently on a 2567 is where a resident's behaviors, which were documented in the medical record, were not coded on the comprehensive MDS. And therefore, the behavioral symptoms care area assessment was not triggered. And since that condo was not triggered and there was no care area assessment, no care plan was developed. So this example, we saw the F tag 641 and 656 both mention that the care area assessment failed to address the behaviors that were noted in the medical record. And so when you see the tie-in and how this can have kind of a trickle-down effect, not only in the accuracy of the assessment, but since that care area is the critical thinking portion of the assessment and the connection between the assessment and the care plan, you can see how it has this trickle-down effect on the survey where you have the tag for the accuracy of the assessment and then the tag for the inaccuracy for the comprehensive care plan. So that's just one example, but that is kind of that common theme that we see for some of the downfalls of not having a well-written call is that you end up with a care plan that does not fully address the resident's needs. I couldn't agree with you more, Jesse. I've also seen similarities in reading the statements of deficiencies. What do you think is most important for NACs to recognize about the care areas to get back on track? I love that question. When we talk about the care areas, I would say the first thing is to recognize that the MDS is only a screening tool. And I start with the MDS because this is really what starts the process of the care area assessment. So the MDS is a screening tool. It's not a full assessment and it's not a comprehensive assessment until you have the MDS, the care area assessment, which drives the care plan. And so looking at the MDS as a screening tool only that identifies possible triggers and potential problems that need to be further assessed they are further assessed using the care area assessment. And when we look at what CMS requires, and this is in the REI user's manual in chapter four, the care area assessments require the use of current standards of practice, evidence-based or expert-endorsed clinical guidelines and resources. So essentially what CMS is telling us is we have to use the care area assessment as a tool, that evidence-based tool to problem solve why this item triggered and if it's an actual problem for the resident. Now, CMS does not mandate the use of any certain tool, but they do provide us with the Appendix C worksheets as evidence-based tools. Now, again, this tool is not mandated and CMS does not endorse it, but the Appendix C tools are often used by facilities because they are built right into the REI user's manual. Now, once a team has decided on the tool or resource that they're going to use, whether or not it is the Appendix C worksheets, they need to make sure they are actually using this tool or resource to work through the care area assessment. And this is really the key part here, that we're using this tool to collect all the needed information, draw conclusions, identify risks, and identify referrals to other healthcare professionals as needed. Now, not following this process can result in an assessment and a care plan that does not fully address the resident's needs or risks. And this can lead to adverse outcomes for the residents. 
Thank you for sharing that with our listeners, Jesse. Is there anything else that you would like to share today? Well, as you can see, Amy, I'm very passionate about care area assessments. They are actually my favorite part of the REI process. And I'd like to mention that I am speaking about the care area assessments at the APACAN conference this April in Hollywood, Florida. My session is the ugly truth about care area assessments, and I hope our listeners can join us on Saturday, April 13th for my session. Well, I hope they can too. And it's a lot warmer in Florida than it is anywhere in the north today, that's for sure. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse assessment coordinators, please visit our website at www.aapacn.org. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the LTC NACCHAT podcast.